Wow, Samuel. That was an amazing recording of Joe and Jesse Jones um, that we had the privilege of recording them tonight. We both know Joe. I had never met his wife, Jesse, before, um, but uh, it was great meeting her tonight. Um, how do you how do you know Joe Jones? Yeah, so funny story. Uh, Joe uh, Wheeler has talked about him being a senior pastor recently of Brown and Hutcherson Ministries, and uh, it's a church right off of Jefferson in the inner city of Grand Rapids. And funny thing about that is that my uncle and aunt, blood relatives, wow. uh, were the basically pastor emeritus wow. <laughs> of those churches, and so Pastor. Uh, Joe Jones, Reverend Joe Jones, I call him, and his wife, lovely wife, Jesse, are taking over for Nathaniel and Laura Moody, um, which are my family. So, yeah, I got a chance to get to know him through that route, for sure. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah. So, um, my wife, Julie, tw- I, I couldn't believe this. I have not seen Joe for 20 years. Wow. A long time. And my wife, Julie, introduced me to Joe, um, and he served... And years ago, I started a counseling group called Wellspring Counseling, and it was a nonprofit, and so we had to have a board, and Joe was one of the first people who was on our board, and that's how I got to know Joe a little bit, and and so yeah, um, listeners, you're in for a treat, um, because this was a great interview that Together did. This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Samuel Jones and Dr. Kelly Bonnewell. All right, listeners, welcome back to Together. We are excited to have a uh, an amazing podcast today, Kelly. I am ecstatic. We have two amazing guests that are coming, and uh, I know God is good when you bring in people that people may or may not know, and uh, I'm just excited about this. So, uh, Kelly, how are you feeling? How are you doing, man? Oh, I am so excited for this. I've been wanting to do this one for a long time, <laughs> and uh we're interviewing Joe and Jesse Jones. The Joneses. Yeah, the Joneses. Are you related, Sam? I am not related to them, um, at least that I know about. You know, sometimes okay. you have family figures, you know, in your past that have done a little dabbling all over the place. So sometimes <laughs> you're not necessarily sure. Um, but I know that for right now, we're related by the blood of Jesus. There you go. There you go. So we're going to jump right in. We're going to um, ask Joe and Jesse a couple questions first, just a little bit about them. Start off slow, get to know them a little bit. So uh, Joe, why don't you go first? Why don't you tell our listeners, like, what do you do? What do you do with your life in terms of your career? And your livelihood. Well, um, first of all, thank you for the uh, the opportunity, the invitation uh, from both of you. It is a joy uh, for my beloved and I to be here with you on this uh, on this podcast. And as for me, I serve as a senior pastor at uh, Brown Hutchison Ministries, also known as BHM. I was um, installed as pastor not too long ago, actually at the end of June. Cool. Of this year wow. uh, after serving in ministry for about 20 years at, wow. uh, at BHM. And I also uh, serve as a city commissioner here in our beloved community, Grand Rapids, representing the second ward. And uh, on the other end of the professional spectrum, I serve as a president and CEO of an organization called the Hakima Group. We're a consultancy that provides uh, sound wisdom and strategy in the areas of diversity, equity, inclusion, mm-hmm. uh, strategic communications, and corporate social responsibility. So, very yeah. cool. So, some of it, like what <laughs> I've been meaning to ask you this: like, what does a city commissioner really do? Yeah, at the end of the day, it, it, it's about uh, developing policy mm-hmm. um, that uh, really helps and hopefully helps to improve the quality of life of all uh, residents uh, right now we are grand rapids is uh, a place that many people want to live with the second largest city in the state um, it is thriving economically and yet uh, we have our our struggles our issues and so my work uh, i've been on the commission since 2016 
Mm -hmm. I've worked diligently to try to create opportunities um, to where more residents, regardless of your zip code, uh, can prosper economically and can prosper um, educationally and health-wise. Just be in a position where you can experience greater prosperity. Ah, thank, yeah. Thanks for serving in that way. And Jesse, how about you? What do you do? I actually work for Spectrum Health. I am the manager of executive recruitment for the system. Mm -hmm. So I got I get the opportunity of helping Spectrum to um, hire their leadership from supervisor up to presidents of hospitals. So I have been there with Spectrum just uh, eight years, um, but in my current role, just over two. Wow. wow. That's wow. amazing. Samuel, wow. the other day. Yeah. Uh, I think it was last week, uh, Jesse is helping my wife, Julie, hire somebody. So it's kind of small world. It is a super small, small world. world. Yeah. Small world. Wow. So next question, and Jesse, once you start, tell us a little bit about your family. Um, well, Joe and I, we have four children, two girls, two boys. Our oldest are twins, Eric and Erica, um, both here um, in town, both have their own families, both married. Um, so we have five grandchildren. Um, and then we also have our, our third and fourth youngest is Miles, who is also here in town, just graduated from Fair State University. Woo! Yeah, Congrats. what did he graduate Congrats. with? Uh, he got a degree in construction management. Oh, great. Amazing. So just got a job offer with Rockford Construction. So we're excited for his next phase in life and to get him out of our pocket a little bit. <laughs> um, and then our baby girl. Michaela um, is lives in Atlanta, Georgia. She is um, going to school full time, mm -hmm. working, working too. You know, she can't, can't always has to have her own money, so she is working and going to school in Atlanta, Georgia. What so school is she going to? She's she's taking off, finishing up her associates online with CC, and then okay. next semester she'll be joining uh, at Georgia State. All oh right. wow! Georgia State mixtape. And what does All she right. want to study again? Communications. She communications. wants to follow her dad's footsteps oh, and okay. go into yes. communications. So she has no idea. Toastmasters. <laughs> Toast <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's amazing. It that's sounds great. like you have a beautiful family. Yeah. And so, last question for me on this part: like, what are things you guys like to do as a couple, and then what do you like to do just individually by yourself? Mm -hmm. Joe, why don't you go first? Sure. We love to travel. Uh, together when we get the opportunity. Uh, and I would say pre-COVID, we were avid moviegoers. We were regulars at Celebration Cinemas. They knew us. We had our popcorn bucket and, uh, you know, we were regulars. It's uh, the theater that we were we would frequent is Knapp's Corner. It's not too far from our home. Mm -hmm. But that was our, that was our, our, our date night and we loved it. Um, and now we just, a lot of what we do together is spend time with one another at home. We have a, a wonderful addition that we put onto our home that has been life giving that we mm. that was built uh, during COVID. It's a uh, an outdoor deck that uh, has just been awesome for us. We spend a lot of time out, outdoors, mm -hmm. as well as we have a, a four season porch that uh, has come in handy uh, during the winter months in particular, where we just love to we, we love direct sunlight. So we just love to be in the light uh, and love the outdoors. But uh, ultimately, we just love spending time with with one another. That's great. What's uh, so for each of you in the last uh, since you've been married? What's uh, Jesse? You go first. What's one of your favorite places you and Joe went? Um, I would say our all-time favorite would be Hawaii. Amen. Oh, okay. oh, that and my husband has Hallelujah. promised me That's that he's right. going to take me back there every year because <laughs> he loved it so much. And, yes. is, and is he kept true to his well, word? We were going to go in 2020, but COVID stopped that. <laughs> okay. Uh, this year's not over, so we still have to. <laughs> oh, it's a brand new year is what you're saying. Right. 2021. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe a little surprise <laughs> coming in the, in the books, Joe. I'm going to tell you something, man. We went to Maui, and it is my opinion that that is what heaven's going to be like i kid you not i've never experienced anything that beautiful the breeze off the pacific uh the feeling of of relaxation and just no worry and i think part of that's due with the fact that we're so far away from you know from from home mm -hmm. but it was just a wonderful experience and it's something that we again i, I committed to jesse i said we're going to go back every year for the rest of our lives if the lord says the same even if i got to go and uh, deliver Grubhub. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. That's awesome. I have never, ever heard anybody say, wow, that was a really bad trip to Hawaii. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I have never been, but hopefully one day. Yes. So what, uh, what, uh, what's something you like to do by yourself? You know, just on your own. Jesse, why don't you go first? 
Well, my husband calls me a busybody because I always have to be doing something, whether mm-hmm. it's cleaning or reorganizing. I love being outside. That's my favorite, being outside in the yard. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's pulling weeds, I just love being outside and just, again, I'm, I'm all about the uh, um, presentation. So I like the front of the home to be in good shape. Um, so I spend a lot of time outside. It's a great show. How about you? I am a voracious reader. And so I like to read. I like to, uh, I'm a jazz head or what I would refer to as black American music. So I love music. Mm. Um, it is, um, essential to my day. In fact, to have a priority that I have in my life and it's called the three J's. My life every day consists of Jesus, Jesse, and jazz. Oh, in that that's order. so good. That's so good. And man. so that is, uh, that's, that's what it's all about. But the reading is everything. My wife, uh, as she's kind of cooled out, she, it was a time when she would give me a significant evil eye because I got, I would have books coming every day. And so I've got a lot of books and a lot of places, boxes included. And the question is always, when are you going to read it? And now my response is, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. But I hope to one day be um, mentioned as a, an African-American historian. And so um, mm. reading is, is critically important to me. So I love it. Okay. So yeah. one jazz question I really mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Um, I love jazz too. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite two would be Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. And the other one, have you ever heard of the Lounge Lizards? I have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Go home yeah. tonight and listen to the okay. Lounge Lizards. Right. <laughs> uh, what's, what's one or two of your favorite jazz musicians? Uh, I would say Miles Davis for sure. In fact, um, my our youngest is Miles. Miles Christian. Oh, was he named after Miles? After Miles oh, Davis. Good. <laughs> named after Charlie Christian and Christian McBride and the fact that, he, that his mom and daddy were Christians. Uh, I once named our youngest daughter Nina, uh, but my wife said no, so we named her Michaela. Uh, but uh, uh, I would say uh, Miles Davis, John Coltrane is everything mm-hmm. to me, uh, and a young cat by the name of Roy Hargrove, who's who's gone to be with the Lord. He was a phenomenal trumpet player who was my age, and he just did a, a lot of work in a in a short period of time on this earth. And I, I miss him, but yeah, I, I mean, I could go on. We could. We could talk for hours about jazz, man. This well, everything. You and I definitely got to get coffee sometimes. It's so beautiful. These guys are making connections, you know. Yeah, I know. I, don't, I feel like I don't listen to jazz or something. <laughs> you know? I know Johnny Coltrane, but that's about yeah, it. Yeah, JC. JC is the man. Wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Well, me and you, Jesse, can talk on the yeah, side too, just so you know, you know, we can well, have some connection. Jazz isn't playing in the background. Yeah. We're good. Can, yeah. I, can, can I, if I can, tell one story? That, <laughs> I would love that a story. Both my, my wife and I. So, Miles, uh, our youngest boy, uh, Jesse, is you know we, we find out that she's she's pregnant and we're mm-hmm. excited right uh, this is soon after we're married and so from that day forward i began to apply uh headphones to her belly mm. every single day mm. uh, as we approach um uh, her going to labor we get you know we're ready we've got the bag packed her and those ba- and that bag includes in that day a boom box and some cds all jazz and so we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. Her water breaks. We go to St. Mary's Hospital in preparation for Miles to be born. There's jazz playing all throughout her labor, all oh, throughout man. the labor. Mm. Uh, I, and, and for me, I was fixated on the fact that my boy has to be born to uh, one of my favorite albums of all time, Miles Davis' Kind of Blue, and in particular, mm. a song called Flamenco Sketches. And mm. so Miles came out to Flamenco Sketches. Uh, <laughs> that is cool. It is very cool, brother. And so afterwards, I never forget this. The doc said, "Whose idea was it to have that jazz playing throughout the labor?" And so I'm thinking, "Oh, she's about to jump in my head." <laughs> she says, "That was one of the most relaxing deliveries I've ever done as a doctor." That's so That's amazing. She said. Uh, Samuel, so, I got an idea for so, you. <laughs> have jazz? Yeah. You know, that's, that's not a was, bad idea. Yeah. It was <laughs> awesome, man. It was awesome. And so, and then. Every day after that, uh, Miles, uh, you know, I would, he had jazz playing in the car at home. I put him, I would put him to bed with jazz, wake him up to jazz. So, hmm. unfortunately, Miles never played uh, an instrument. We try, we try to force <laughs> an instrument on him yeah. on drums, but, but he's got a great ear. He does. He knows his music. He does. He does. He's gifted in that regard. Very much so. Well, that's great. So, yeah. 
Uh, that's not a bad idea, though. I think, yeah. you know, when like, you Tova's due in, like, a couple months. You yeah. Know, like, there you go, man. Yeah. We probably have, like, Waymaker or something. Like, <laughs> like, music, but, you know, I mean, that's just me, you know. <laughs> Anywho, guys, uh, <laughs> we do want to talk about, um, go a little bit deeper here. I, I would love, I think our listeners would love to talk to you all and listen, hear about your, your love story. Um, how did you two um, meet? You know, well, number one, where are you from? And kind of walk through that. How did you all meet? Well, I am originally from Flint, Michigan, moved to Grand Rapids in 83, have been here for the remainder or for the good portion of my life. Um, Joe and I met at Oakland University. That's where we both went to college for undergrad. Mm -hmm. Our sophomore year in college, um, me being the, the person that I am, I had a party in my room, had a live <laughs> DJ. Um, had two suites, had nice. cleared out everything wow. so we can dance. Nice. And so Joe came to my dorm party, and then he began to stalk me after that. Oh, no. Um, That's not good, He was very <laughs> like persistent. He was aggressive <laughs> in trying to get to know me out. So maybe not. It was stalking. He was very aggressive. Um, so that is how we initially met at, at a dorm party our sophomore year in college. And it's been, I mean, it's been great. He was, he was very persistent. I remember um, me, him calling me, telling my roommate to tell him I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, he was very persistent. Eventually we went out. We went, our first day was at Denny's. Mm -hmm. I remember he had a salad. I was too nervous to eat. So I just watched him eat a salad. Mm -hmm. um, I think we went home that summer, kept in contact with each other and then have been um, dating ever since. Mm -hmm. That's great. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Joe has a different. Yeah, Joe. What's, what's, what's your version of the story? <laughs> what's your version, Stalker? Yeah. <laughs> right. Stalker Walker. Uh, no, no. She's she, she's spot on. I, I'm I'm from uh, I'm from Detroit. I was born and raised in the three one three, and we met in uh, Rochester, Michigan. Uh, uh, Jesse was a baller. She played basketball. Played high oh, school. Really? Ottawa Hills was all <laughs> that. <laughs> And got a scholarship to play ball at Oakland University, mm -hmm. and uh, we met there. And uh, me and my boys just hanging out. We heard that uh, some of the boss basketball players were having a party. We went by there, and and I liked how she looked. And we just kind of, I was I was like, I'm gonna stay in contact, mm -hmm. and uh, did just that. And she's right. I was it's very persistent, and I remember the stories of her telling her roommate, you know, he calls, tell him I'm not here. Um, but I think part of it was I wasn't necessarily what she was accustomed to, right? Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, I'm a jazz head. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I loved hip-hop, and all my boys were listening to hip-hop. But if you came to Joe Jones's dorm, uh, I had a really nice stereo system with some really nice speakers. And I was usually playing John Coltrane, Love Supreme, something like that. Okay. That's not the kind of thing a, a college freshman or sophomore plays, right? Mm -hmm. But I love the other music, but I, and so I wasn't necessarily her type. Uh, and I'm sure she, she'll admit that, that I wasn't really that, that, that what she was accustomed to. Isn't that right? That would be correct. Yeah. Would be correct. So she likes shallow guys. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Right. She did. She didn't. So right. when did, uh, when did uh, things and either share, when did things really get real and you realized, wow, I really like, I, I don't even just, I like the person, but I'm like falling in love with this person. I would say it, what baby, it was, it was a couple years in because, mm -hmm. you know, the, the dynamic at play here um, was we were, when I met Jesse and Kim and know Jesse, I, I, yeah, of course at that time I didn't realize Jesse had two children. Mm. So um, I've raised uh, the two, the twins mm -hmm. as my own. But at that time, they were just these two little kids running around the gym like ad nauseum. And they were just like Energizer Bunnies. And her mom and dad came to every game. Wow. Every game. Right. By the way, mom and dad will one day uh, be canonized as saints because <laughs> uh, I'll let Jesse tell when she was. You want to tell the story when you when you found out that you were pregnant and mom what mom and dad said and you know I, they were you know, I remember <laughs> well <laughs> the the story goes is that you know when 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 she was when when she was pregnant uh, mom and dad again made the decision that you're going to 
have the children, mm -hmm. right? Um, because it wasn't one, it was two children, mm -hmm. right? Wow. So, now, mom and dad, now Jesse also has three siblings. And so, mom and dad were like, you're going to have the kids. Mm -hmm. You're going to finish high school. Mm -hmm. You're going to finish college. And when you get done, you're going to come back and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to uh, finish raising the kids until then we will raise the children. Wow. Mm. I just don't know many people who would, you know, that would and, do and that. I will suggest that if you look at it through historical lens, that is actually very common uh, in terms of the African American community. Mm -hmm. that, that's, yeah. that's what we do. We, we literally will step up and, and, and look to raise yeah, the, the children of, of our, you know, of, of our children as a village, mm -hmm. as a village. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very, very much so. And so, mm -hmm. um, and so that was that that, that 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 took some getting used to because my boys, being my boys, was like, man, you about to have a ready-made family, mm -hmm. right? Because you're dating a woman who's got children, but I just I, I I I fell for her, right? Literally fell in love with her, and we just dated and and got more and more serious. And uh, you want to you want to tell them how long we dated before we before we got married? Because this, this is one of those sticking points. <laughs> In the relationship. Sure. We, yeah. we, we dated for eight years, so wow. very long time. Uh, yeah. But my husband told me that he had to make sure that I was the right one. Stevie Wonder has a song <laughs> says, make sure you're sure. And I was just following <laughs> Stevie from Detroit. I, I, was, I was following Stevie's <laughs> advice. Make sure you're sure. Motown Steve. That's right. So eight years, right? But, but part of that, again, we started dating when we were a sophomore yeah. in college. Um we graduated, we both graduated. I came back to Grand Rapids. He went to Detroit. Um, so we did a little long distance for a little while. Um, we weren't sure initially when we started talking about, you know, maybe we take this to the next level. Do you come to you know Detroit? Do I move to Grand Rapids? And initially, um, I was supposed to move to Detroit with the mm -hmm. kids. Um, we were going to convert to Catholicism. Yep. Joe grew up Catholic. Um, visited Detroit several times and it's like oh this is too big too fast i don't know if the kids are ready for this um and then so we put that squash that for a little while and then maybe a year after that joe surprised me and proposed mm -hmm. um i remember we went to red lobster tell the story <laughs> we went to red lobster the whole family was there so everyone was in on it but me um and oh this could go bad <laughs> You know, it was good. They had, they put a, a shrimp, a cocktail shrimp, um, down in front of me, and the shrimp had a ring on it. Bang bang! And then so he proposed. So he, yeah. it, was, it was a good proposal. It was a good. I appreciate it. It was very nice. And you were in the position to say, "Yeah, I'm definitely ready." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. After eight years. Too, After right? eight years. Yeah. 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 She was sure then. I was yeah. sure. She yeah. Was sure. Yeah. Did you ever have a moment, Jesse, for you where you were going to lay down the law? Be like, either you want me or you don't. Did you have that? Well, moment? that law was laid down. That's probably why that eight, you got cut off after eight years. Okay. It's like either we're going to do this or we're not. You know. Right. So I gotcha. We've been doing this for a long time, so we either need to be get serious about it and you know come together, or we need to separate. No sense of just dating. Sure. So sure. what was interesting was the the dynamic about you know where was home going to be? As she mm -hmm. mentioned, I mean, she visited Detroit with the children. All I knew was the D. I knew mm -hmm. nothing but Detroit. I grew up on the east side. Uh, I didn't do suburbs. I've, I've, I've long been allergic to suburbs. Uh, I love sub. I, I love suburbs. I love rural area, but it's just not me. I'm a, I'm mm -hmm. a city guy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the reality was, was I'm going to have to go ahead and move to Grand Rapids. Now, mind you, the farthest west I had been from Detroit was East Lansing. Because mm, wow. I have a brother who went to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I had never been to Grand Rapids. I didn't know anybody from Grand Rapids besides Jesse and uh, my children and and my in-laws, right? That's it. And so, but I figured she's not going to move to the D, but the, but the commitment was I'll move to Grand Rapids. I, I'll give you five years, baby, because the, <laughs> because what I wanted, ultimately, I grew up wanting to be the mayor of Detroit. Mm. Um, uh, Coleman Young was a hero of mine. And so I just knew I wanted to be the mayor and I couldn't be the mayor of Detroit if I lived in Grand Rapids. No, you can't do so that. You can't do that. <laughs> That's not the law. I wouldn't allow that. And so I said, uh, I'll give you five years and we'll head back to, the, to Detroit, babe. Uh, yeah, that he, was he's uh, still here. Yeah, that was back in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe wow. one day. Right. So another amazing part, you, and you all kind of just kind of talked about it a little bit, um, your faith backgrounds. Mm -hmm. You know, talk, talk, talk to me more, talk to our listeners more about 
that experience. Um, I'm, cause I'm guessing Jesse, you were not Catholic mm-hmm. and, not. and Joe, you were talk, 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 talk about that. It was, it was, uh, as Jesse mentioned, I grew up Catholic. I'm the youngest of nine. Mm-hmm. Um, the product of Arthur and Lynette Jones, uh, hall of fame parents who were just the epitome of what a husband and wife should be, what a mother and father should be. Um, and they, we were all raised Catholic, and that's all I knew. I grew up, I was an altar boy. In my, in my, in my teen years, I considered the priesthood. Um, I loved the Catholic tradition. I didn't know anything else. And so when I would come to Grand Rapids and visit Jesse, uh, Jesse was, was Baptist. She was Protestant. And so that was just totally new for me. When we talked about getting married, it was like, okay, we're going to get married in my church in Detroit, mm-hmm. right? Which we did, which by the way, was on August 2nd of 1997. It had to be one of the hottest days in the history of Detroit <laughs> in, a, in a Catholic church with no AC, with a wool uh, tuxedo on. It was hot. <laughs> right? And so, but it was a full Catholic mass with communion and everything, right? But we got our premarital discuss- our counseling from my priest in Detroit, and that was the plan. We were going to live in Detroit, and she was going to convert to Catholicism. Mm. But, again, she was, Jesse was raised in the Baptist tradition, and when I would visit, uh, in full transparency, I just, I wasn't comfortable. Mm. Um, I used to literally, and uh, believe it, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm talking to somebody here, but I used to think when I would see folk get uh, get 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 uh, filled with the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. I, my 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 initial reaction was they're faking mm-hmm. because I'd never seen it, mm-hmm. I'd never experienced it, and so it was it was foreign to me, mm-hmm. and it was for me it was it was it was just it was it just seemed very uh, didn't seem genuine at all, and I just didn't have want to have want to have didn't want to have too much to do with that tradition but instead just kind of want to stick with my catholic mass mm-hmm. which is what i was accustomed to and had grown comfortable with so when i moved here in 96 i started going to the catholic church i eventually became a member at the cathedral of saint andrew mm-hmm. active member was a lector and was very active with the parish um and jesse was still so i would go to my mass on sunday morning and jesse and the children would go to uh, her church here in town in Grand Rapids. What were your thoughts about all that? Yeah. Faith dynamic, mm-hmm. Jesse. Well, there was a, a void there for sure. You know, you get up, you get dressed, go to two se- separate places. We come home sometimes, talk about service, sometimes not. So wasn't really connected spiritually, I don't believe. Um, and so, again, I, th- I think we were, we were missing, definitely missing something, not worshiping together. I mean, there's just something... Um, the feeling that you get as a family worshiping together and experiencing the Lord together. And um, we just weren't, we weren't, we weren't doing that. Um, and so that was definitely a big, big void for us. Yeah. So then the question becomes for me, how from that point of going to different spaces, your family kind of split on the faith line, how did you blend? How did you begin to come together as one in that moment? Because that's so important for marriages. And how did that happen? Mm-hmm. For us, it, it really became, uh, it was a matter of survival. Uh, we got to a point in our marriage where, you know, it was clear that we had issues with regards to, we were in a blended family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, many couples talk about those newlywed years. Um, we didn't experience that, that right? Mm-hmm. So, see, I want, I want you to, and again, this is, I'm, I'm sure there are others who have experienced this as well, where, we literally got married. We went on our honeymoon. We came back, and man, we're 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 like, I'm a full time dad. I'm a full time mm-hmm. parent, mm-hmm. and you know there was no, you know, time in which you're going to kind of learn more about each other and 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 have that alone time. We didn't have that, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, that was something that uh, that caused some friction in that you know our children at that time. They weren't necessarily bought in uh, fully. Uh, they, they, they hadn't fully bought into our marriage in that, you know, here's this guy who they knew. I mean, I, I, I spent time with them. They knew me. Um, I love them. Um, but I wasn't I wasn't their father. And mm-hmm. so 
Um, and and I my where I come from again, my, I'm the youngest of nine. My dad was was a disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. My dad he maybe maybe he was five seven, but didn't matter. He was a small frame man. But no one no no one crossed the line of, of Arthur Jones because you get he, it would hurt if you did. <laughs> <laughs> and so I came up in a very strict upbringing, and that's all I knew. And mm-hmm. and, and and my mindset was, okay, so I've got eight siblings. We've never been in any major trouble. We've never. Uh, been in trouble with the law. We've pretty much stayed clean. My mom and daddy did something right. So maybe I should just emulate them. Mm-hmm. How they raised us, I should raise my children. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, our young, our, our oldest, Eric and Erica, the twins, they weren't necessarily accustomed to, they, they were accustomed to structure very much, but not the discipline that, that I was looking to administer mm-hmm. and the way in which I was trying to administer it. And so that caused friction because it would almost be like they would, you know, kind of run and tell Jesse that, you know, he did this, he did that. And Jesse would take their side and that would cause conflict with us. And it just got to be a real difficult and uncomfortable space mm. to where we just felt like, you know what, maybe this just isn't uh, the right thing. And by that time, our youngest son, Miles, was born. and I, the thought was maybe we should just, you know, I'll go back to Detroit. Um, you know, I'll provide for the children, but you know, let's just maybe go in a different direction because we can't do this anymore. And, and what we realized uh, was a big part of it was the fact that we were going in two separate, I would say, I wouldn't say separate directions, but we're on different parallels with regards to faith. Sure. Right. And so, we made the conscious decision to begin to let's go find a church together. I'm not going to ask you to become Catholic. I'm not, I don't necessarily want to go to the church that, that you were brought up in. Let's go find something new. Mm-hmm. And we began our search and that's how we ended up at Brown Ministries. Mm-hmm. Literally. Mm-hmm. We were looking for a church home and at that time, Jesse's uh, sister, uh, that's what she was attending. And she had us and we visited a bunch of churches in the city, but we went there and there was something about Pastor Nathaniel Moody <laughs> that just kind of, we were like, yeah, this is the place. This is it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we just, we, we, we grew there and we began to make the conscious decision that, you know, when it comes to the rule of law, so to speak, of whose voice, you know, matters the most in the house, it was mine. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it took Jesse to, let the kids know that, you know, we're not going to allow this, you know, this, this gamesmanship that's been at play for so long. We're not going to allow this anymore. Whatever, you know, um, he says goes. Mm-hmm. And, and what I would say one of the most, one of the things that, that I don't care, you know, how old you are, I don't care how mature you are. One thing that at least I don't think a grown man can get used to is when you have a child calling you by your first name. Man. And that's one of the, the, the unique attributes of, of, of a blended family is I can't make them call me dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, that, that's, a, that's a title that you, that you have to earn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but so instead, I was Joe. Uh, again, I come from a house with very disciplined upbringing. <laughs> right. if, I, if, if I call my daddy Art, man. <laughs> you are no longer you, I'm not here. In fact, right. I, I may be missing a cheekbone <laughs> yeah. right now if I, if I ever did that, right? <laughs> but but it's like that. There's no way that that I can really explain how that feels, mm-hmm. and so it's like this ongoing what, what I would call this 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 level of disrespect. And yet, it wasn't because they were trying to be disrespectful. It's just because that's part of the dynamic. Like I can't, I'm not, I don't want to call me Mr. Jones, mm-hmm. right? I don't want you to call me Dad. So just you know. Uh, I want you to call me dad when you want to call me dad, but call me Joe. Mm. So that was, uh, I, again, I really can't, like, I can't put a pin in it, but there's, there, there's something about that, that, that causes, I think all the more tension mm. when it comes to the blended family. Mm. Jesse, what are your thoughts about all that? What Joe shared? Um, I, I would agree with what he said. And, and it wasn't until the point where we both um, finally made the decision, like he mentioned that, you know, what your dad says 
is is going to go. You can't come back to me and say what he did. And I say, oh, yeah, he shouldn't have done that um, because a lot of that was going on early on in the marriage. And so, again, like he said, they were play each other off of each other. And But when we made that conscious decision, when we start worshiping together and start praying together and um, got on one accord is really what it was. We got on one accord and um, the kids knew that they could no longer um, play us off of each other, that mm-hmm. things really started to shift. Um, and I mean, we had so many dynamics going on, like the blended family, you know, finances worth the greatest. And then, you know, when we weren't in church together, those three things just weren't clicking, but then they were all starting to, come together we were worshiping together um we could see the dynamics change within the family um and and so it, it after that it slowly slowly got better i mean there were still some rocky roads um of course but um things really did start to shift how did uh like so i'm trying to understand this dynamic so uh it's kind of unique that you have an african-american who's catholic Oh, absolutely. Um, super right? unique. Folk looked at me like I was a uh, black Russian. Yeah. And and <laughs> how did how did how did right. faith become integrated for you uh, as a couple and throughout that process did God become more real to you and mm-hmm. and then also help you guys shift things in your family to be more connected? Jesse, what are your initial thoughts about that first? And I think initially, and Joe can correct me if I'm wrong, but initially I, I became more active in the church first um, and would often um, be involved. One of my girlfriends, Felicia, um, we would get up and pray every morning, and, and that was one thing that I prayed yeah. for my husband, for our family, and really just for, for God to start to move in his life. Um and so I, I remember um, he, he didn't know we were praying. He didn't know what we were mm-hmm. praying about. But, mm-hmm. you know, we pray every day um, for her husband, my husband. And and really just, you know, when you see when you pray for something and you see it come to fruition, um, it just really gives you more faith and hope in, in God and what he can do and what he will do. And I think just through that and just for me, again, not um Preaching at Joe, we're saying, you know, you need to do this. Need to do that. Just me, just walking it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible says, you know, you can win over your husband by not your words, but just your behavior. And I mm-hmm. think that was one thing that that led Joe to want to get closer to the Lord too, because he began to see, like, you know, these things are starting to change. You know, this is, you know, really getting better. Um, and I, and I'd say that's, you know, where it, where it happened that, you know, then he started to get more involved in in church and. Um, and we start doing everything in the church, and then, you know sometimes that takes over. But yeah, mm-hmm. so I would say that was a. So, big what are point. your thoughts about all that process for you? And yeah, it was it was it was wild, man. I mean, again, the Catholic Church, what it's known for is tradition, mm-hmm. and so it's it's electionary. It's 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 having someone read to you. It's having someone preach to you, which is traditional in the Protestant uh, faith. However, you know, in the Catholic faith. We necessarily uh, suggest that you read the Bible, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. like we didn't we didn't read from the, from, the, from the Bible. We read from the lectionary, which already had the you know the scripture in it. Mm-hmm. And so to go from that <clears throat> to a place of you know, hey, turn your Bible to here, turn your Bible to there, and just not being clear on on, on where that is in the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, it was very humbling, and yet it was uh, it was it was also uh very exhilarating because mm-hmm. it was a new experience for me and as jesse mentioned unbeknownst to me as i was again engaged in my catholic tradition here in grand rapids her and her girlfriend are praying for me every morning mm-hmm. and it, it it clearly it was it was it was a move of the lord uh because i was not looking to to leave the catholic church but what became clear was we had to be on one accord. We need to be in church together. Mm. And when I, when, again, when I joined, when we joined BHM um, and the desire to want to learn, I got hungry, right? And got very involved. And it was, it was, just, it was new to me. Um, and it was something that for the first time, you know, there was, a, a, I think, a, a, a much more clear understanding of, of who God was, yeah. I, could, you know, I, I knew enough to be dangerous, right? Because, because again, the thing about Catholicism is it's everything you, you know that you know a lot about Jesus, like a lot about Jesus, right? Because 
that is a primary focus of the Catholic tradition, right? Mm. But there's also, you know, there, there's Mary, there's, there's, there's the, the saints, there's the feast days, there's all these other traditions that you don't necessarily find in the Protestant, uh, in, in the Protestant tradition. And the, the opportunity to delve more into the Bible um, was, was something that just caught my attention and it's something that I wanted more of. And as I've mentioned, I'm a, I'm a voracious reader and I just wanted more, 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 more. And, so cool. and, and, and it was everything to, again, to our relationship. It was clearly, it, it's, 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 and we tell couple, we, we, we spend a lot of time with couples uh, that we marry and we, we provide premarital discussions mm. and we just talked to them, just the very simple understanding of what it means to, 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 to make the Lord central in your relationship mm -hmm. and how I'm not saying it's going to, that, 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 that this thing is easy, but mm -hmm. when you got Jesus involved, it makes it easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's good. That's good. So, um, what's, uh, what's something really positive about marriage that you, that you love and, you know, that you want to share with other couples? Especially when you're talking about when you're doing premarital counseling. Mm -hmm. I think one thing for us is, I mean, we, we love doing ministry together. Um, but even that, even outside of that ministry, just what I love about marriage is you get to do life with someone that you with, that you love. I mean, not always highs, you know, even those lows, you get to go through it with someone. And I think that's always refreshing Um for me, because I mean, one of my love languages is affection and, and presence. And mm. so just being with Joe makes me happy. We don't have to be doing anything, even though I like doing. We don't have to be doing <laughs> anything. We could just be there watching a movie or sitting there while he's reading me. Just, I mean, that's comforting for me. So That's good. Joe, how about you? I would say what is probably the, one of the greatest benefits of, of being married is knowing that we are, you know, in alignment with and, and being obedient to, to, to what God has, has said. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, 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 we're in a theme, the theme this month in our church is sanctification. Mm. This whole idea of being more like Jesus, right? Um, which also includes being a God pleaser. And just to know that we're pleasing the Lord is just a big deal because you just, you, you want everything that the Lord has for you and you just, you don't want to disappoint him. And, 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 and not that our marriage is, has always been perfect. As, as Jesse's mentioned, we've, we've had highs, we've had lows, but the fact that we're in something we're, we're, we're engaged or involved in something that he created mm -hmm. um, and we're doing it in a way that's pleasing to him. That's what's like, everything to us that's that's what's up you know what uh what do you hope for your marriage in the next three to ten years like what's your what's your goals as a marriage and what do you hope to see grow the immaculate conception that was fun that's great <laughs> You know, we have five grandchildren, so we, we don't You're good. have our that's, that's, we're that's good. it. That's all you get to We are good. <laughs> we can love them and send them back home. Right. Yeah, what 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 would be something you would hope? Three to ten years, I would just say just just continue down the path of trying to pour into other couples mm -hmm. um and to model uh marriage in front of couples. Um but also just to Again, continue to 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 please the Lord. Um, we um, we know that there are areas that we can continue to improve upon. We can pray more, mm -hmm. right? We can we can love each other more. We 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 took up this this exercise or this challenge a couple of years ago, where you know we were like we both said that we were going to really focus on how can we kind of outplease one another. Mm -hmm. like what can we do to be all the more pleasing to one another? Uh, and so just whatever we can do to keep it fresh, uh, we know, and we tell this to couples all the time, we know that people are watching, yeah. right? We have, mm -hmm. we have our two oldest children, um, they're married, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They watch us, right? Our youngest children, they, they're, they, they, they're watching us. They've watched us. Couples in church. And so we're, we're, we're very cognizant of that. And it's not that we're trying to put on airs. We keep it real. We do. Um, but we, it always comes back to the fact that, you know, she ain't going nowhere. And if she does, I'm going with her. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Right? She ain't leaving. Yeah. Look, if she even think about leaving me, you, she, you can try. I'm, I'm, I'm going with you. So, yeah. you know, we yeah, see what are your together. thoughts about Whatever. that. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing we tell couples all the time. Marriages work, no matter how good it is. Like, I mean, it, it's work every day. I mean, even when marriage is like, I think our marriage is awesome. I, there's not much improvement we can do. I know there's probably something, but I mean, it's great, but it's still work. Because um, mm-hmm. I know that there are some things that I do that just drives him crazy. And here are some things mm-hmm. that he does that, that drives me crazy. And, and we know what those things are. But just keeping it real with couples is, is so important that, you know, you got to continue to date each other. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So just because you're married and have kids, you can't stop dating. You got to, you know, yeah. do what you did to get her. You got to keep keep doing those things. So um, we just continue to just try to grow and, like you said, outdo each other and just to keep things fresh. I will say that we we really do feel a, a certain calling to the Blended family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because of our lived experience yeah. and the fact that it's just, and, and unfortunately, uh, the data suggests that you have obviously a greater number of Blended families today compared to say 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So true. And so there's a, there, again, there's a dynamic there that if you're not careful, it can cause chaos. It can, mm-hmm. it can destroy a marriage. Yeah. And so we like to, we, 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 we have couples that we meet with who, you know, who are, this is their second go around and they, that's one of their biggest concerns is we want to know, you know, help us understand about the blended family. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, that's something that we think we, 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 we're, we're called to, to expound, to expound upon. That, that's good. That is so good. Yeah. And, and listeners hope you are just salivating them for more of this story, especially as we get to, into our discussion a little bit more about this blended family piece. We're going to take a break a quick second for a commercial and uh, we'll be right back after a second. Have you joined a small group at Ada Bible Church yet? Maybe you're not even sure why you should. Well, listen, we believe that God created us for community. Our healthiest seasons of life are often when we surround ourselves with meaningful relationships, and that's why we do small groups. Small groups are circles of people who help us grow in our faith, and you can join one or even form one as we grow together to share life, pursue God, and invest in others. For more information, you can go online and check out our website at adabible.org slash smallgroups. All right. So, you know, I... Uh you know, just before the commercial break, uh, Jones family, you all were just talking about, you know, this aspect of being a blended family. Now, you know, all of your kids are adults now and, you know, they are doing their various things. But, you know, for our listeners out there, some of them are like, well, I'm just now on the stage of trying to parent my family or trying to, you know, navigate how to support them. You know, what kind of practical tips or tools could you give to encourage our uh, blended family parents out there to parent their adult children at this point. Well, there's a funny story. Um, I talked earlier about how, you know, the difficulty of being in a household as a grown man, and having children call you by your first name. Yeah. Um, in fact, to be able to hear them as they talk to their friends and say, that's not my daddy. Right. To, to hear that. Right. Not in a way that is, you know, that, that I, was, I was something or someone terrible. It's just the fact that I wasn't their father, mm-hmm. right? Well, fast forward to, gosh, um, that was at that time, just they were 12. So fast forward, I don't know, nine, 10 years. Um, if you were to ask my oldest children, who is your father? They would, uh, what would they tell you, baby? Joe's my dad. And they would fight you if you tried to tell them anything differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so there's that there's that 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 sense of celebration that the work that was put in in parenting children who are not of your loin, mm-hmm. but to have received them as such and raise them as such to where, you know, I'm their dad. And, and, I, and I give a lot of credit to my mama mm-hmm. because let me tell you something, man, my mama 
when she met Jesse and when, when Jesse, the, 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 the more serious we got and we got married, my mama told me, she was like, don't you ever refer to them as your stepchildren. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are your children. Tip number one. Come on, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah. So it didn't, it didn't. Okay. Okay. Mama. Right. So as I've said, they, they, they those are my children. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to parent them as adults, it has because the relationship has developed over the years. They are they're, they're they're seeking parenting advice. They're seeking wisdom. They're seeking direction mm-hmm. from their mother and from their father. And so, it has been a blessing. And yet, the the, the time that it took to evolve to that 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 that, that place, it was it was you know it, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't always easy. And so. I would say for 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 those out there who are in a blended family, just some of you know some of those basic understandings. First of all, those are your children, right? Now I know that they may have come, and 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 it's not about you trying to take the place of their biological parent. Mm-hmm. But if you're married to their mother or their father, um, then those are your children too. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 what it does to that child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, this idea of this man who you know, my mom married. He didn't, you know, he's not my dad, but he's treating me like I'm his child. Mm-hmm. So there's that 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 greater sense of 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 acceptance and affirmation. Yeah, Jesse, how about you? What's your take on that? Mm-hmm. And and I would agree. And we try to keep it real, real with our our children. I know my kids always tell me I share too much, but. Um, I think it's whatever we've been through is for them to grow because I know my daughter and her husband first got married. Um, you know, they had their little arguments, whatever they, you, you argue about when you get married. And they were like, well, we never saw you guys argue. Mm. And, and so we thought about that, like, because we never argued in front of our children when they were when they were younger, even though we had our disagreements. And when you look back as maybe we should have they should have could have seen us argue and then seen us work through those arguments so yeah. that's what mm-hmm. i would recommend yeah. you know because we never argued in front of our kids but you can have disagreements not argument disagreements but then show them how you come to to answers and i think we we hang out with with my my kids my daughter and her husband especially um we would almost see them every other day every sunday for sure but we'd see them a couple of times a week and you know, we go on vacations together. Um, it started out Joe and I going out for our anniversary, and there's this close by, and then they would start to join us, and then we start inviting inviting other couples that uh, we were ministering and were and marrying. And I think we may be up to seven couples now. Every year, mm-hmm. we go uh, away for a weekend retreat, and we really just talk about real things. Yeah. Um, you know how you work through those differences. Some are couple are blend, blended families. Like, how do you? deal with those and, and, and really what we went through to, to get to where we are now. You know, people see us, oh, you guys have this beautiful marriage, but you guys don't know what we went through to get <laughs> yeah. here. And I think that's what folks need to see, that even though you see someone and you're looking at someone and their marriage may look perfect, you just never know what they've gone through to to get you here. So I'd say just, you know, keep it real with your kids as best you can, mm-hmm. um, sharing those experiences um, with couples and I would also say that, that, you know, we have, isn't it something that our oldest son um, also is, has, has a blended family? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, here he is. Uh, Eric has an opportunity to see firsthand, or at least get some idea. Maybe, maybe there's a greater sense of, of, of empathy. Yeah. Because now he's in a position where he's got, and, and to his credit, he, rec- he refers to his oldest daughter, that's my daughter. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I, I would hope that he got that from us. Right. And, and how we how we raised him as, as again, it's not about the biological thing. It, that's critically important. But but, you know, again, you Eric, you married her mother. And so that became your daughter. Right. You mm-hmm. didn't just get. So I, I, as I was always reminded, I didn't just get Jesse. I got Jesse, Eric and Erica. Right. Mm-hmm. I got the I got the package. It's so good. That's and really I think good. that's one thing when we got married and we were going through our difficulties with a, a blended family, we didn't have any close examples in our family. Like mm. my parents had been married over 30 years at that point. His parents had been married probably over 50 years. And so we, I didn't have anyone that I could look to or go to that had a blended family. Um, so that's one other reason why we're so open to sharing with couples and, and to tell people, 
you're not the only one going through that. You're not the only one that's been through that or will go through that. Um, and, and don't don't try to fix everything yourself. If you, if you have everyone should have accountability partners, someone that they could talk to, reach out to. So that's what I, I encourage um, all couples, especially those with blended families. Reach out to someone who's been there. Yeah, that's worked through it and, yeah. and to see how they can help you. That's really good that's stuff. Really good. You know, here at Ada, we uh, we're really trying to build a culture of mentorship because um, I'm a big believer that those who are have quality life experiences like you guys do, mm-hmm. the good and the bad, the the positive and the challenging, we need to put that stuff into those who are younger. And it sounds like you guys are doing that. So to kind of uh, tie everything up in a bow here like what would what are, what are some key things that you guys right now or in the last couple of months what are you sharing with couples that are like like just crucial um aspects of marriage that you as you said jesse that you've got to work on i'm so glad you said that because marriage is work um it doesn't fall in your lap and um so yeah what what might be uh one or two things that you're saying to couples or or sharing with them? Um, I'd say probably two things is to um, just to give each other grace. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I think it's been so important that, you know, if my husband says something or, or, or does something that he didn't do it or say it to hurt me, um, it was done out of love. And it's mm. just how you. Um, talk about that. You know, he may say something. I'll be like, you know, babe, I, I don't know how you meant for that to come off, but this is how I took it. And mm-hmm. just, you know, giving again, giving each other graces is key. And then picking your battles. Um, everything's not worth fighting about. Yeah. Um, you know, especially those little things. Um, sometimes you just have to let it go and, and, and pick your battles. Jesse, that's so good. That's one thing that I find is too often couples are arguing about like really inconsequential mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you are married, if you're in a relationship, what are your arguments about? I mean, often what you'll, you'll even find this, like if you're counseling somebody, like mm-hmm. you'll say to them, like, yeah, we had a big argument this weekend. What was the argument about? I'm not sure. You know, that tells you it wasn't an important argument to have mm-hmm. probably. Right. Mm-hmm. Joe, how about you? You get the final words. Wow. I would say um, advice is just the, the critical importance of, of being, as, as the brother of, of James said, to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We, we kind of tattoo that on people's um, hearts and minds when we're providing premarital discussions, mm. just really caring. If, if, you can, if you can work to perfect yourself in those three areas in the marriage quick to listen slow to speak and slow to anger um again i'm not saying it's going to be easier it's going to be easy but it can be easier mm-hmm. uh, and so jesse and i stress about the critical uh, importance of communication because when we first met um uh, my beloved didn't talk a lot jesse was very much introverted and uh, i was extroverted in fact when i first brought her home uh, brother saying, my mama said, does she talk? Because <laughs> <laughs> right? she doesn't say nothing, right? And so we would get into some disagreements, some arguments, or I guess I was arguing with myself because we would get into disagreements in our marriage, and I, it would just it would be like it would it would be like pulling out pulling teeth mm. because I would keep on asking the question, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Nothing. 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 And then finally, she would come out and say, what's wrong? But that was the hardest thing. And we've definitely matured over the years to where she has no problem whatsoever letting me know what's wrong. She will tell me and we can, we can talk about it. Um, and so communication is, is everything. Wow, that is amazing. Um, Joe, Jesse, I just want to say thank you for coming and for sharing your heart, for sharing you know, your desire to love on and support blended families, but also just giving all the tea, uh, as I like to say, <laughs> about your life. Um, we know you both are in very prominent spaces and we respect that um, and our audience respects that. And we just want to say again, thank you all for coming and being on together. Thank, thank you. Amazing. Thank you. And God bless both you and, and Brother Kelly in this uh, 
in this ministry that you're engaged in is critically important for such a time as this. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listeners, again, if you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, to like, to share this. Um, It will be available soon and we'll be excited to just have you listen and tell your friends about Together. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope that you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your listening platform is and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.